0: Know what? Somebody had him so wound up. <laughs> Go ahead, carry on. It's it's on rec- It's on record now. <laughs> I'll start telling how you had the girlfriend. Girlfriend head nod going like somebody was hot shot. Yeah, I mean the whole world can hear that, Kevin. <laughs> hey. Uh, every now and then, every now and then, I get an attitude
1: when some of you people start playing word games. I'm a Christian who loves religion because the Bible says good religion is taking care of the widows and the orphans. So,
0: oh, hey, welcome to episode 55 of a Cowboy so, Connection so, so podcast. All of you that, so, all of you that did not get the pre game show <laughs> video, it's been epic. And Kevin, like, totally just cut us off of that discussion by hitting record. Because, like, he's being a Zoom Nazi tonight, but it's all pretty fun. It's actually pretty fun what we do prior to this. We kind of poke each other with a little bit of fun and talk about our lives and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll validate, Kevin. I'm, I'm a believer, too, that believes in true, uh, true religion, which is taking care of the widows and the orphans. As a matter of fact, taking care of the widows and orphans should be part of the work of the ministry that all the saints
2: are doing. Hey, hey I gotta I I got I gotta add one thing onto this comment so after after the cowboy church this morning I was visiting with a guy and he was uh, um expressing some displeasure with our with our pastors in our community about not doing enough and in our men's Bible study on Friday mornings we've been talking about um we've, we're going through the book of ephesians have you guys ever ever done that you ever gone yeah, through the whole once, book of ephesians
0: once yeah, or twice we did it podcast yeah, at one time
2: <laughs> yeah i know who's there bill, <laughs> was just he was a part up. of that conversation bill <laughs> but we've been talking about this and we were talking about the church a little before kevin hit record <laughs> and uh and th- this is the soapbox that i'm on right now and we were talking about church and what's the purpose of the church what's the purpose of the church are you asking i'm this? asking
1: yeah What's the, the purpose, purpose of, the, of church? the
2: church?
1: Yeah, it's to it's to build each other up, strengthen each other, edify each other, and then to share the gospel to the nations and to make disciples yeah. of all nations.
2: Exactly. It, it's to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Ephesians right. 3 or 4 when yeah. we went through it. Yeah. And so the work of the ministry is not for the pastors to do. The work of the pastors, the job of the pastors is, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The ministry happens, all of us are called to do the, are called to, are called to to ministry. Absolutely. I agree that we need to build up the church.
0: Absolutely. Well, like I told Kevin's mission students down there, I said, people got to quit waiting to get their ministry before they do ministry. Because reality is, is after they get their ministry, they're probably not going to do ministry. Ministry happens, you know, as a pastor, you know, obviously I minister to the saints on Sunday and I encourage the whole body because the Bible really clear that the whole body is supposed to be actually ministering to one another on Sunday. It's not just a one man show, you know, give him a a rating and applaud him or give him the thumbs down. You know, we're not a Facebook like or dislike because the reality is that sometimes we all uh, iron sharpens iron. Sometimes there's a little striking going on. We'll just put it that way. And so The reality is when I walk out of the church I am I'm, I'm one of the saints doing the work of the ministry also you know I'm to go heal the sick and cleanse the leper and cast out demons and pray for the sick and 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 wash you know to, to take care of the widows and the orphan and and you know visit those that are in the hospitals and so forth and so on and so yeah the work of the ministry I, you're absolutely right is it, it does not fall Solely to the pastor, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher have been giving, given to the saints to, to, to edify them, to build them up, to equip them to go do the work of the ministry. And so then you go on down through there and stuff. So anyway, this is how we got derailed last time, Kevin. I know. I know. I know. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to get us on track here,
1: get us back on track, but I'm going to add my two cents. I remember, (laughs) I remember in when I when I went through training with youth with a mission and the, one of our uh, speakers came in with a big eight foot tall cross built out of four by fours. And, and he said, today, we're going to do a crosswalk. And I got, I got angry, right? Because I, 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 at the time I thought that's just too ridiculous, too religious. It's just, you know, people don't respect that, that kind of thing. Um, and so because the Lord was working in my heart, I said, this makes me angry. So I'm going to go first because I wanted to go in the opposite spirit. So I walked up and I grabbed that cross and I took off down the road and I walked about a mile through, you know, Homer, Alaska, where we were at at the time. And then I stopped and gave it to somebody else. And during that time, I realized that the point of that cross was to cause my flesh to die. It wasn't an ev- evangel- ev- evangelical moment. It wasn't, for me, it wasn't for other people to see a cross and go, what a weirdo or what a saint or anything else. It was for me to die to myself to and my pride because I was embarrassed to carry that cross down the sidewalk on Main Street in Homer, Alaska. And over time... I have realized that that unfortunately the largest percentage of self-proclaiming Christians aren't doing anything to advance the kingdom and and mm-hmm. and some would say well I'm loving people I'm doing this I'm doing that and 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 you know if you're not included in that percentage then don't be offended at me But even this weekend with us taking our DTS students to the Mile City Bucking Horse Sale and walking up and down the street dance both nights and and almost every single drunk we came across, and Bill can, can, can confirm this, whether it was Bill and I or whether it was some of my students, almost every single drunk we came across said they were Christians, said they were believers. And they were standing there with two beers or two mixed drinks in their hands, just stupid drunk. And boy, it just, it hurts my heart, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and the unfortunate thing was to, you know, to the displeasure of the people in your men's Bible study, there was one person from Miles City. That was walking up and down the street with us, sharing the gospel with the drunks at the street dance. And it was a guy that went to the church that we were staying at who wanted to come join us, you know. And uh, I mean, I saw free taxis, you know, people were were taking uh, white shoe polish and writing on their windows, free taxis. And so there were people everywhere offering free taxi rides to get people home. I, I assume maybe they're Christians, godly people. But, uh, you know, all we did was walk up and down the street, offer to pray for people. You know, we were kind of kicking our students out there, putting them in awkward situations. And tad as many churches that I see driving around in Miles City. Man, there in my mind, there should be a coalition of, of men's groups from that, that town walking up and down the street. They're in that street dance praying sharing the gospel helping the drunks you know get home and all that kind of stuff and maybe that was happening but i didn't see it you'd know better than me right yeah
0: and so i so, sorry kevin didn't mean to talk over you i thought uh, there was an interjection good, go, go ahead. ahead no i just I, so i'm sitting here you know as a pastor and i have i have a body of believers that are are stepping out and i mean and it's it's not happened overnight and and I'm sitting here as a pastor, thinking, how long, how much discipleship, how much leadership, how much demonstration of it myself have I done? And and I think I've, I've 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 given validity to it, I guess, if you will. But I think that's a lot of it too, as it goes back to like what we were kind of a, when I don't know, when somewhat in somewhat jest, you know, Christian disciple. A lot of it, let's let it boils down to to discipleship. I was actually where I went to a got home and I went to a piano recital uh no i wasn't playing i didn't want you all to think that i had a you know playing tonight and i was actually talking to the pastor at that church and he asked how church was it for us today and i said well i don't know i wasn't there and then i explained to him you know that we were in Miles city and we would out in the streets and preaching jesus and he asked if you know i i spent a lot of time with my people out doing street ministry and street evangelism and i says you know it's something i've i've, I've considered and 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 directed but in this conversation is is because I you know as I like I said as I sit here as a leader of a church I have to you know hold the mirror up to my my face and have I equipped the saints to do it have I encouraged them uh, but I, I say this and try like I say I'm trying not to because I don't want to sling sling mud at the, at the at the body of Christ at the bride right. of Christ
1: that wasn't my but, intent either so
0: no oh, no I know I know that but I'm just sitting here thinking. Sometimes it it, it becomes a, a a dynamic of the leadership and and how church government is set up. If they're allowing the pastor to allow the people to do it, and sometimes there's sometimes there there too. I do feel like as some pastors, part of it is how they were trained, and 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 what what you know. A lot of times, that's kind of been the training of. You know, and I mean, maybe it's tradition of men is that it is the pastor's job, but sometimes too is a pastor has to let go of that to the people and not have an insecurity of the what ifs. I mean, I I, I love it when I come into even Lewistown, Montana, and I run into people that have run into my people and they're like, oh, so-and-so is from your church, isn't he? Yeah, well, oh, man, they're great. That Constitution class they're doing, you know. I mean, in, in different aspects and things, and so I think it's it's that double-edged sword, you know. We have to train and equip, but I think too we have to um, lead by example as far as, and and that's not only the pastor. I think it's everybody that gets the revelation that we're supposed to go do the work of the ministry. Let's go lead by example, you know, and and just to you know, like with Kevin's Kevin's students. I, I mean. I just was pondering the week and I was like, this was one of the best groups. And it wasn't like you had to drag them to want to go do it. They have been for the last uh, three months equipped for this period of time. And so then I feel like, you know, even even the leaders that were on the street with them were letting them do it. They were they were they were empowering them and letting them do it. And so, you know, I feel it it with them. Absolutely. And that's just it. That's what I but, you know, sometimes it's like you stand back and watch me and I'll show you because I mean, that was even like someone was like, well, we'll just watch you, Bill. I'm like, no, you're not. I mean, yeah, watch me, but you're not just gonna watch me.
1: Well, there is that idea in some churches that that people have and some churches may have. I don't know. um, I kind of get the impression that some churches feel like they have to release people into ministry. And the people in the congregation, I don't know if either one of you have ever experienced that. It wasn't that long ago here recently, I ran into somebody that was upset that because they hadn't been released into ministry. And I'm like, who Who has the authority to release you into ministry? Jesus released you into ministry when he commissioned his disciples yeah. and his people. <laughs> To go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teach them. I don't know who has the authority to release you or me into into ministry when we should be doing ministry anyway. So, so I think there's some of that, some of that, uh, uh, that idea of control and authority that that may be kind of taken out of context in the church, either from the leaders or from the congregation, that might hold people back. But I don't think that's the norm. I think a right. lot of people just maybe they're not being equipped. Maybe they're not being trained like what Tad's doing right now with this men's Bible study and going through Ephesians, you know, I mean, Ephesians rocked us, didn't it? When we went through yeah. it, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, me, I, I just decided after the turn of the, after the turn of the new year that, well, the simplest form of ministry is to sit around my dining room table with my Bible open and invite men over to do it. So every other Wednesday night I have a group of men come over and we're studying Ecclesiastes. And it wasn't rocket science. I sent all I I opened up, made a group text, and all these men of text said, Hey, if I started a Bible study on every other Wednesday night, would you guys want to come? Every one of them said yeah. And
2: yeah. so
1: they started coming. You know, it wasn't rocket science.
2: It didn't no, take that's, much. The, that's that's the funny thing, Kevin, too, that I, I'm constantly kind of pleasantly surprised about is we decided to do this men's bible study i don't know it was last october or something like that and how easy it is to do it and, and and i'm just you know sometimes like this last week we had four we had four men it was great we've had up to i'm guessing 15 or 20 men and they are coming hungry and they are coming and and some of the people that have come um i'm just uh, I, I'm just amazed at the level at the deep level of conversation that we're having and the heart that they have for 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 being a godly husband, for being godly parents for. And it's just kind of like where, you know, I, I just and there's there's people in there from you know mid20s to mid 70s. And um, and it's just amazing to me. You just, I mean, how easy it was. And and I I truly believe the Holy Spirit is leading it, and you know is working in their hearts. But um, people are hungry, and and it doesn't take a lot to step out and just, you know, we're, we're called to be doers of the word. And you know Joshua 1, 1, seven or. You know, it says uh meditate on the on on the on the word of the law day and night that you will be um that you will do what I've called you to do. And you know, the doing part is is really where where faith really becomes real.
0: Right. Well even even Jesus' word in, in the, the Great Commission, um Matthew uh twenty-eight. Verse uh, 19 and 20 says, go, therefore, make disciples (laughs) 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 or Christians of the nation, (laughs) baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So it goes to what just what you said, you know, it tells us in Joshua to do and observe. You know, James tells us don't be just doers of the word, but be hearers also. Jesus's words were go teach them to do the word. And so it's it's you know, and you you two just really hit what I I guess I put it into a short term to them students this this weekend is ministry begins with engaging people. You can't do ministry until you've engaged somebody. And, and, you know, that's what I just, and it was just really encouraging them, find something common you can talk to, you know, I'll find things on like clothing or, you know, like the, I was on the street down there and, and I run into this guy that had a, a baseball cap on from the, the sale barn I work at. And I just ask him, how did you get that, that. That baseball cap you know i worked there and just kind of give him a little bit of a hard time and before that you know kevin and i are standing there engaged with four or five people and you know finding out they were from chinook and we have common people and so you know really that's the whole premises of starting ministry whether it's with a believer and unbelievers you have to engage them yeah. you, you can't and 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 i guess i'm probably take a lob shot here i'm pretty shy but i'm working on getting over it you know how how i am and all you know i'm very extrovert i'm very much you know engage people but you know and i understand introvert and extrovert but i don't think we can hide behind a title well i'm very introvert i can't engage somebody well no jesus didn't say based off of your personality type or otherwise and then how you engage is going to be different i mean like my wife, I watch how she engages people through the internet and through what she's doing, and the emails she gets from people that because she made this post or she made this or did that, how it re- how it changed their life. But at the end of the day, it starts with engaging people. Period. You know, you can't do ministry without engaging somebody. But you well, know,
1: I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say something real quick, Ted, and I'll let you have it. Um, uh, mm-hmm uh, for some reason, my zoom is acting up. Um, uh, you, you mentioned this and then Bill just talked about engaging people and, um, uh, it's, it's about relationship, right? It really is about relationship, engaging people. It, it Mm -hmm. is about truly, um, uh, My computer is acting funny right now. So it is truly about um, just stepping into that place, whether it's one person that you see might need investment, might need encouragement, or whether it's sitting down and, and opening up a men's Bible study and saying, hey, you don't have to say anything, just come join us. Just come join us and and give them the space to be silent for a while until they develop the trust or the, the feel safe enough to yeah. open up, right? And and that's what that's what people want is that opportunity.
2: Well, Kevin, you had in a phone call that we had had earlier this year at the beginning of the year, you had mentioned something to me about um, that. The Lord was kind of dealing with you this this year about simplicity. Remember yep. that conversation and what Bill was talking about. I mean, the um, Jesus said that that the whole Bible can be broken down to two things: love God, love people. And I mean, it's no more simple. It's it's as simple as that. And and right. ministry is nothing more than um revealing revealing who god is to people that don't know i mean the whole great commission is to introduce people to jesus and love god love people it's pretty simple yep absolutely
1: trying to get this uh get this uh uh computer to act right here <laughs> oh i had to pause right in the middle of it with a little with a little uh uh malfunction going on but i think we got it all fixed now so so well we had uh, we had our our groove disrupted a little bit but uh that's okay we're not gonna let that that stop anything where were we when we, when we stopped any final thoughts on that rambling?
0: I can't remember. Yeah. I think we were kind of, I was actually trying to find the segue into uh, the scripture for the night. So this might've been the segue. Hey. Welcome to a cowboy connection
1: podcast. Kevin Cooley sitting here with Bill Ploof, Tad Torgerson. Tad finally got out of bed, decided to join us. He went <laughs> off the radar, hadn't talked to him in two months because you know into tax season and then his vacation he becomes you know like a ghost nobody knows where he's at and, and then every now and then a video of him and buck brenneman pop up and you know it just
2: you know <laughs> hey welcome
1: back
0: tad how you doing hey, buddy hey. yeah i'm doing great <laughs> well so like i'm feeling slightly inferior here so uh that's Kevin okay. Kool- nobody cares Kevin- Evan Cooley throws around Jeff Gore's name like, you know, we're their old friends. And now we got um, um, uh, Todd talking about Mark Branham and J.R. talking about Dale Brisby. And all I can talk about is how I had another sow farrowed, you know. So I'm just kind of the, the you know, just know. Well, one thing about it, at least I know Jesus. I, I mean, I can always say I know him. That That's the most famous
2: out there, hey, so. hey Bill. I just got to tell you, wherever I go, I name drop your name all the time, all over just all over. Well, that's that's wow. it, isn't it? That's it,
1: yeah. Yeah, how we, many black guys Bill is gone. our celebrity? Bill is <laughs> our on. celebrity. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Did he just leave? I think I he think left. He just got up and walked off, wow. yeah. Well, wow. he must <laughs> be going to the microwave to get his coffee. So, oh no. no. Like
0: sacrificing a pig on the altar. Oh, my wife needed something. I handed it to her out of the bedroom. So anyway, so. All right. Well, here we are. We're going to get to John 10, John 10, 22. All right. We're going to get there. Uh,
1: We had our first um, uh, derailment. And uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll conclude our original conversation with Christian's should be loving people and doing ministry. There you go. How's that? John 10, 22 is where we're starting off. Um, here, Tad made the observation this morning. Cause for those who don't know, all of us were in Miles city this weekend. Well, Tad's there all the time and of course, junior didn't show up till the day, but, but we were down there. We did, we had cowboy chairs together at the, at the bucking horse sale. And, uh, so we got to hang around and Tad said when he went on his little sabbatical to, uh, to do everyone's taxes. We were in John six. So we actually made some progress in the last couple of months. Now we're in John 10. So,
2: yes, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you guys. Yeah. Like yeah. Four, like two months. That's awesome. Yeah. So
1: starting at John 10, 22, we, we saw, um, Jesus the first part of 10 talk about how he was the good shepherd, um, pointing out, uh, you know, uh, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, which is Tad's favorite passage and he missed out so because uh, he was yeah. you know hanging out with Buck Brenneman um, but we 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 see a, a bit of a transition in 1022. At that time the feast of dedications took place at Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. That's a face palm right there, right? Mm-hmm. All these, it's like, what's he been doing for the last couple of years, right? right. Jesus answered, <laughs> I told you, and you do not believe the works that I do, and my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. That's an interesting statement. That's powerful. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. Bam, that's powerful. That is blasphemy if it's not true. 31, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him and Jesus answered them. I have shown you many good works from the father for which of them are you going to stone me? And the Jews answered, it is not for a, it is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy because you being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered, is it not written in our law in your law? I said, you are gods lowercase g. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came And scripture cannot be broken. Do you say of him who the father consecrated and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said, I am the son of God. If I am not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the father is in me and I am in the father. Again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands he went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first. And there he remained and many came to him and they said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true. And many believed in him there. So this is the time of Hanukkah. Okay. That's the, the feast of dedication. Um, uh, and, uh, it's an eight day winter festival for them. And, uh, uh, so uh, it's also called the festival of lights for those uh that are curious about it um what kind of things do we want to start off here what's what's stirring in you as we as we read this this section of, of john 10
2: well first of all it's jesus pretty much just laid it out there who he is and i mean that i mean he he'd already had he'd already had some confrontation <laughs> with religious leaders and he just states it so i mean he just it's he just puts it in their face i and the fa- i and the and the father are one and um and they didn't see but the interesting thing to me about this is 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 is, um um oh where was it don't believe me unless i carry out my father's work but if i do his work believe in what i have done and then the people were starting to talk about it and they said you know we saw a john but john didn't do any of the miracles that jesus did and they were starting to wonder you know some of them said well he's demon possessed and and others said no he can't be and um um but we were talking earlier about the great commission and i just want to take us back to um i think it's in mark where it talked about yeah and it is it's in mark um, the way Mark records the Great Commission, Mark sixteen, what is it? Sixteen fifteen, and it says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to be to believe will be condemned. And then it says this, it says, these signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. And they'll be able to place their hands on the sick and heal them. And later on, in in John, I think it's 14 or 15, Jesus said, The works that I do, even greater these, even greater than this, you will do. And so the miracles and the powerful things that Jesus is displaying, it always points back to who he is. And and reveals again, reveals the father, um, you know, because Jesus said that he has come to do the work of the father and that anything he does, it's because the father told him to, and he's just, he's just throwing it out there. And you know, the miracles that he, that he, that he performed, um, it's like, come on guys. how, how can How can you not see what's happening here? How can you not get that this is the Messiah? And it's just like, you know, you said facepalm. It's like, duh. Yeah. You know, it's just duh. So, so, so he, he, he points out. Go ahead, Bill.
0: No, I, either way. But um, so back, let's jump back here to Mark chapter 16, verse 14, because this was kind of one of those moments I had several years ago. And so you read, because it ties into even really what's going on over here in John, uh, John 10 with the, the, the Jews, because it says that he, he later appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So this is obviously the, the 11 disciples or 11 apostles that were, were, were left, because obviously Judas hanged himself, and he came and rebuked them because of their unbelief and hardness of heart. So, you know, you can go over here because that's really, at the end of the day, what the Jews are dealing with is unbelief and hardness of heart. Yeah. And, so, oh, you know, because, I mean, it's the same deal. Like the, the disciples had saw all of these miracles and and obviously there's, there's, there's people that had come to them and said, hey, we've seen the risen Lord. We've seen the risen Jesus. And, you know, and, and the disciples were doubting it and he rebuked them because of their, their unbelief and hardness of heart. And and so it's it's really that's the same thing that the, the, the Jews are dealing with here is just really that that unbelief, that hardness of heart, the tradition of man, if you will, that makes the word of God of no effect because they were looking for a Messiah in a different package, I guess you could say. They were yeah. looking for something besides that. And so. You know, I want to bring it into. Uh, I'll even bring it into my own life. You know, do I do I truly believe the testimony of Jesus? Do I believe when He says that He can supply all my need according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus? Do I believe that He, if if, if I if I pray and and give thanksgiving and supplications and I seek God, that the peace of God that passes all understanding is going to guard my heart? Do I believe that? Because you know, it's easy to sit here and read this about. Uh, you know, the Jews and think, well, how, how could they not here? There he sits right there. And yet on the other hand, if I'm sitting here in, in angst and, and anxiety and stressed and everything else, at the end of the day, I'm not believing he's my Messiah. Right. It's my hardness of heart and unbelief.
1: Yeah. You know, there's several things throughout this passage that I find. Um, I find comforting right um when we see this my sheep hear my voice and i i know them and they they follow me and i give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand um the that's that's a pretty solid theological statement like that's there's theology there and hmm. and i am um theologically I'm I'm uh, a little more conservative than than the rest of you guys that that I work with uh here on the podcast I I don't believe based on what I see in scripture I don't believe you can lose your salvation if you're truly saved and and here's why I think that I think it's based on statements like this my sheep I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of their ha- out of my hand. I think that applies to each person, right? When you are captured in the grace of God, and every one of us can attest to moments that we wanted to wander away from God, and we didn't. He drew us yeah. back. Just yep. because we stumble, just because we err, just because we make mistakes, when we know that we're saved when we when we feel God calling us back. When we feel the need for repentance, when we know we're doing wrong, and yet we continue to do it, we know that the spirit is calling us back. I, I believe if you're truly, you know, and, and another thing I think is, is that people that begin to question their salvation, if they weren't truly saved, they wouldn't question their salvation. Right, right. because that's an important factor the fact that you're concerned enough to question whether you're safe. So stop questioning whether you're safe. I see a solid theological argument right here, but it's a comfort for me because I, I err, I make mistakes. I wander and yet I don't wander far because mm-hmm. the spirit is always calling me back to Jesus. I'm always turning back to Jesus, even in the moments where I don't, like myself, or I, I, whatever, whatever it looks like for anyone and everyone. I think that if we continue to practice sin and we say we're Christians, but we continue to be drunks, we continue, we're, we continue in our addiction unaccountable to porn, to adultery, to bitterness, to anger, to unforgiveness, all those things like that. Well, I think it's safe to say that based on that fruit, maybe you need to question whether you're saved or not, right? I mean that's a that's a tough statement. And I say all that not to get into a theological debate with anybody because if 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 someone believes they can lose their salvation, their theology is is leans that way. Well, I'm not going to argue with them because as long as we're pulling together and pulling in the same direction, loving Jesus, serving Jesus, it's not a it's not worth arguing over, it's not an important thing, but we have a comfort in knowing that if we are in the flock of Jesus Christ, as Paul says in Acts, Bill, Christians, <laughs> then we will not be snatched out of his hand, right? And so that's that's an incredible comfort to me,
2: but Kevin to add one more thing to that because yeah. I've, I've had i've had those conversations with people for the last 30 years but what you just said i think uh speaks to the 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 incredible awesomeness of the work of the cross yeah that that if you if you start doubting um, or whether you think that you can lose your salvation and I agree with you. If you're worried about that, then the Holy Spirit is, is convicting you of something. Uh, you know, there, there's, um, there's the Holy Spirit is still engaging you in some manner. Right. But the incredible work of the cross, the awesomeness of, of the mercy of God and his love for us. I agree with you that, that, that's just great. That just gives me so, so much comfort. Uh, it says, I give them, I'm in uh, uh new living translation says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone. Amen. And just back to um, just what Bill was talking about, about faith you know our righteousness our right standing with god is a gift from god it's not from it's not from us lest any of us can boast and i think sometimes in our fight to 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 live to live righteously um i think we can take that too far sometimes and when we're beating ourselves up about that because because sometimes we kind of make this little gradual shift into, well, the stuff that I'm doing. It's all a gift from God.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to point out real quick that brought me a lot of comfort, and I and I, it made me think of a C.S. Lewis statement in Mere Christianity, his book. But, but verse 30 says, I and the Father are one. And we see scripture. The people accu- began to accuse him of blasphemy right now. And I want, I want to point out, C.S. Lewis says it best, and I'm going to read it real quick. He says in his book, Mere Christianity, I'm, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him being Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man... And said the sort of things that Jesus said, would not be a great moral teacher. He would be he would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. And, mm-hmm. and it is really important to, to understand that you're, there is no place for the, Muslim, Hindu, um, any other worldview out there that honors Christ as a prophet, but doesn't honor him as God, because it's not an option. It's not an option. He's either God or he's a lunatic, one or the other. And so it's not an option. Based on statements like that, it's not an option. Even the Jews picked up stones to stone him to death for blasphemy, and he defended it, and then we know based on past experience he escapes, and usually it says something along the lines is his time has not yet come, that's why he escaped. But those are the two observations I wanted to make right there that were really impactful for me through that section. Um, what do you think, guys? You got any other any thoughts on it?
0: I think that like you go over to verse 37, because it really it ties into what you were just talking about. I am. The, I am. I and the father are one in verse 30. But it says, if I if I do not do the works of my father, do not believe me. But if I do, but if I do, though, you do not believe me, believe me, believe the works that I that you may may and believe that the Father and I are one and, and in him, you know and, and he, because really, he's sitting here talking to the the, the, the Jews of the and then so they knew the Old Testament works even because God was working miracles all through the Old Testament. You think about all the things that you know, and he's sitting here saying, you know really, all I did was, you know, I, I, not all I did, but he's saying, you know, I came to earth to reveal the Father to you, and I'm just doing the same miracles that he was doing in the Old Testament. I mean, let's face it. You know, God was raising the dead in the Old Testament. And he was multiplying things in the Old Testament. He was, um, you know, the, the Red Sea was split. The plagues were there, you know. So he's, you know, he and so he just by saying that, he says, like, if you don't want to believe me, at least believe the works of the Father. Believe that, you know, these are, this, this is the same God of the Old Testament doing the work as as is doing here now in what we call the gospels obviously but really in transcends into the new testament so if you don't want to believe my testimony at least believe the miracles that i'm doing in front of you and and you know and, and so there again i'll, I'll hold the mirror up and promote to my own self how many times have i maybe denied the miracles of god in front of me how many times have i not stopped and looked at the testimony you know that's 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 one thing that i feel like is so important is sharing testimonies with each other stopping and saying making an effort to to really see what god is doing in the midst of us and in front of us because otherwise we can just just like that we start getting that hardness of heart and unbelief and so we quit believing not, not like we're losing our salvation here, but we quit believing that God is still the God that he says he is. And yeah. so I think that thing is, is keeping keeping a, an awareness and keeping a, a consciousness of what are the works of the Father that he's doing in front of us at all times. What yeah. things are going on around us that, that you know, because it's easy. It's, it's easy to let our human nature, which God is not pleased with. He he wants us to live in a divine nature, but when the human nature starts ruling and reigning in us, I can start looking at the lack I have. And yet you look around and you're like, you knucklehead, you have no lack. Yep. You know, I can, you know, my life is bad. This, you know, you can go get, get onto the old hee-haw song, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh, and if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. And, and yet, It's because I don't stay aware when that starts to happen is because I don't stay aware of the works of the father in in front of me, that he's doing to me and through me. me. We see all
1: that evidence take place from the very beginning, right? Because from the very beginning, Adam and Eve walked in the garden with, with God. They're the, they're the, you know, other than Christ are the only humans that based on scripture, saw the face of God, as far as we know, because there was no sin present. And then once they sinned and were put out of the garden, then they could no longer be in the presence of the father. That's what the garden represented was a place of fellowship with the father. Mm -hmm. So then we see this progression. We see the parting of the Red Sea, this, this escape from this impending doom of the Egyptian army. And then, moments later days later they're dancing around a golden calf you know (laughs) there's this constant deliverance and miracle happening in the presence of god and then the wandering away because what do they do they turn their eyes off the father and turn their eyes onto their troubles right with the food with the water they grumbled and complained, and when they grumble and complain it's because they They take their eyes off the father and they focus on the, on their, on their fear. They focus on their struggles, their trials, whatever, instead of, instead of facing Christ, worshiping God, they focus on what's wrong and what happens. They wander away from him. You know, I I make the comment that, that, um, you know, I don't believe you can lose your salvation. A lot of people go, "Well, what about this person who went to church for years and then wandered away from God?" My, my and, and even in Second Peter two twenty one, it says, "For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them." And a lot of people use that passage to say you can lose your salvation. And I don't believe that's true based on what I read John saying, what, uh, John's, Jesus saying right here in John. But what I do see that is that we can know God and still not be, we can know the way of righteousness and still not be in relationship with, him. still not profess him as Lord. And I think that's the person that we saw. That's the type person we saw two in it on the streets of Miles City sat Friday and Saturday night. That say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but right, and and I'm not the judge. And people are going to get all uptight about that. But we look, we look at people and we base those decisions on the fruit. And according to John seven, we judge with right judgment, right? And we go, okay, you know, G- you say you know Jesus, but you're not living like you do. So let's let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about the gospel. Let's talk about discipleship. We don't ostracize them, but that's that's one of the things I wanted to clear up, because just because we take our eyes off the father doesn't mean we're losing salvation. We're losing our salvation. It just simply means we're acting like every other human being that's ever been in relationship with God. And we stumble. Right. The entire nation of Israel did it for 40 years. Up yep. and down, up and down, up and down. So that that's just some, some something I wanted to add into that, that conversation right there.
0: So. Well, I, so I think you're right. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, I won't sit and debate whether we can lose our salvation or not. At the end of the day, what what my desire for myself and any other believer is is let's let's grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's grow from grace to grace, let's grow from faith to faith. You know, let's 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 take, I mean, because yeah, we can throw out because obviously where we were exposed um to this last couple days was obviously the the, the people that profess to be a believer that were drunk in drunkenness and, and excess drinking. But you know what what I mean we can same thing, you know, what about the person that professes to be a, a Christian but yet is so um, diligent on making sure they're aware and knowing everything that's going on in a town, gotcha. you know, what, yeah. what's, what's that, or, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, let's go to Matthew chapter five, when Jesus says, you know, when, you know, you lust after a woman in your heart, if, if we're not battling that, you know, so exactly. it's, it's all there. And, and at the end of the day, you know, because I had an amazing conversation with a guy uh, last night that, you know, 60 years old. And I mean, he, he really wanted to give his life with right with, with God. And you know, one of his things was, Well, but I like whiskey too. And I said, Well, let's start with getting you right with God. That's gonna start taking care of a lot of the other things. Yeah, and yeah, so absolutely because because you know, I mean, it, at the end of the day, you know, when you go over to uh Galatians chapter five and it starts talking about the works of the flesh, it says those that practice the works of the flesh, not inherit the kingdom of God. And so it's a practicing of it. You know, I mean, you know, cause it, cause he was asking me, you know, different questions on the street and, and you know, what about me? And I said, you know, I'm, I'm just, because how he approached me initially, how we struck up the conversation. He asked me, he says, are you looking for hot women? Like we are. And I said, no, I found the two loves of my life that I need in my life. I said, one was my wife. And he says, well, was the second one because your wife left me? I says, no, it's because uh, she has the same love of her life as I do. And it's Jesus. And so the conversation started there. And and then he started really having concern about his his eternal destiny. He had a background in church. And I said to him, I said, you know, I'm a man too, just like you. Because I went back to that initial conversation about you know hot women, if you will, that's in quotes for those people that are you know you can't can't see you know. But um, and I told him I said you know the reality is is I'm a man, and I said yeah. if if that young beautiful woman walks by, if I don't submit myself to the the work of the Holy Spirit and 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 what God's doing in my life, I says I can fall into the same temptation. I can start to look at her with lust in my eye, and it can become a sin. You know, I, I thought, you know, we need to relate to that guy on a level that you know he can understand, right. and and so you know, and so that's that's where it goes. Is is it's it's that you know it's well, it's kind of what Kevin was talking about. I think it was maybe at the first part about you know it's it's that picking up that cross and and carrying it. And humbling ourselves and letting our flesh be crucified. Letting ourselves say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to die to my flesh. I love my wife and I love God too good, too, too much to allow all this other stuff that could distract me from that relationship with both of them and actually destroy those relationships. That I'm not going to practice that. Yeah, I have temptations. Yeah, I have battles. Yeah, I go through things. But the reality is, is it's constantly picking up that cross, dying to myself daily, constantly seeking God, constantly saying, uh, you know, I want to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to continue to sin so grace can can abound because because of grace, I don't want to sin.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I uh okay.
0: go ahead. I just wanted to add to the, you know, the because like because because you know the, the, the thing is, and I'm just kind of going back to that conversation in part two, because I started, you know, because it wasn't I didn't want him to just think at the end of the day God was just trying to take all this stuff away from him. And because like I see he had a church background. He 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 said he was drugged to church as a kid, 60 years old. And he's like, I'm starting to get concerned about dying. And so I started to tell him, you know, that, that, you know, the sin that we allow in our life is bringing death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So all these things, these sins that, you know, we oftentimes like, especially when we're 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 living lasciviously, or we're living away from the Lord. We think are bringing us life. At the end of the day, it's the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to bring life and bring life abundantly. And so the wages of sin are death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. I, I couldn't help it, Ted. I couldn't. It was, it was
2: such a crazy. Great- <laughs> You're a thief. you that stole was, my scripture You're I, right. bring, I,
0: I gave you all this opportunity buddy to bring it in and so now we can get over to that here see I was bringing it in so you can you can talk about it but at the end of the day God is not trying to take something from us he's trying to get life to us and eternal life that's 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 what he wants so good. to do right there yeah it's I mean, so it's, good so (laughs) he's not trying to take anything from us
2: yeah so Dad, any final thoughts there well i just i I just want to go back to um one thing that we haven't really talked about is in uh verse 35 jesus says and you know that the scriptures cannot be altered so if those people who receive god's message were called gods and it goes off into the thing but what i want to bring out is says it says, and you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. And the thing that we've been talking about since we started this this podcast is is stay in the Word, stay in prayer, stay in fellowship, right? Mm-hmm. And when we're when Kevin, when you and Bill were talking about, um, and especially you, Kevin, when you were talking about that, we can. You didn't say it this way, but you, we can kind of drift away from our relationship with God, and um, and. Uh, and when we kind of lose our focus, you know, scripture tells us to to fix our eyes on Jesus, the beginner and the beginning and the, the, the beginning and the finisher of our faith. And, um, and uh, I think it's in Colossians where it talks about um, uh, to take every thought captive that sets itself against the knowledge of Christ. And so we are in a battle. We are battling our flesh. We're battling the world. We are battling the enemy. And, um, it's really easy to get distracted and, um, and Bill's going to think I'm doing this just to be funny, but I'm not, I'm being serious right now. In John 10, 10, it says the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. And for a long, long time, I I quoted that wrong. I I, I would say the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. It doesn't say that it says Mm -hmm. steal, kill and destroy. And the first thing he does is he steals our focus away from God. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's exactly the same thing. The exact same, um, strategy that he used with Eve in the garden did God really say did God really say well Jesus right here is pointing towards the validity and the inherent the herancy of scripture and it says you know that the scriptures cannot be altered and so just again we have got to base everything that we do and say we have got to base our life on what the word of God says not how we feel not right. the circumstance. They're going around us. When we get in that mood that Bill was talking about, you know, woe woe is me and gloom, despair and and all of that stuff. What we need to do to fight against that is go back to the word of God. And what does the word of God say? What does the word of God say when Bill was taught or when Kevin was talking about when we do drift away, when we lose our focus, when we find ourselves falling into sin? What does the word of God say about that? We go back and we say, um, you know. Uh, but if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness when when whatever um, when when jesus was in the desert being tempted by the satan by satan he always come back to it is written it is written it is written and we got to get off of Living our lives by our feelings or living our lives by our our circumstances. And when we get to that point, like Bill was talking about and saying, you know, I, I see, I just see lack everywhere. I see lack. Well, what does the word of God say? The word of God says that he shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And the fight is in our mind. And we need to re- renew our minds daily, and we do that by the Word of God. Because Jesus says it right here: the Scriptures cannot be altered.
1: That's good. That is good. That's so good. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I could, I could probably say about twenty minutes more about the fact that you brought in, you brought in some Scripture there to to talk about, even Jesus using Scripture against Satan using Scripture. You know, the warding off Satan with it, that's a whole nother two hour conversation, seeing the validity and the power of scripture because Jesus is using scripture. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to just stop right there and and, uh, uh, you know, we see the power of Jesus Christ and, and we see the evidence of who he is and and we need him we desperately need Jesus Christ as Lord over our lives and we desperately need to live like he's Lord over our lives. And Amen. so if you don't know Jesus and you're listening to this right now, I just want to challenge you to to uh, to, to 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 consider uh that truth about who Jesus is and uh, and your desperate need for him uh simply invite him into your life, uh, receive the truth that he is God and make him Lord over your life. And uh, and then just begin to move forward in a relationship with him by being in the word, by being in prayer and worship and being in fellowship with like-minded believers. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. And uh, yeah, Father, thank you so much for a great conversation encouraging life-giving conversation i'm so excited uh for uh just the way i was i was blessed and fed tonight and i hope others are in the same way i thank you for these men uh, i pray for safe travel as jr travels back home uh, this evening and uh i just look forward to being back together next next week and uh uh yeah i just pray your blessing on those who are listening to this and uh, just your power to work in their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus. So, hey, uh, if you got any questions, you can send them to us at our email address at a cowboyconnection at gmail.com. Send any one of us a message on Facebook or, or whatever. Reach out, text, give us a call. We'll pray for you. If you need a Bible, we'll get you a Bible. And uh, hey, boys, looking forward to, to being back together uh, next week. Cause we're a week behind. So we're scheduled to meet again next week if everybody can be there. So I don't know what that looks like, but we'll get this one out and uh, we'll schedule our next one. So, Hey, God bless. Look forward to being with you.